I'm Avremi. And I'm Endel. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Oh Bubby. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. It has been quite some time, but Oh Bubby is back in business. Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, it's been, what is it, about 12 months already since our yeah, last probably. episode? It's been a too long. A lot has happened in between then now. A lot of things going on in both our lives, but so much to catch up on. So let's, you know, dive right let's in. Just, let's just jump right in. Actually, last time, I believe we had a conversation about Waze versus Google, and I, I want to jump back into that yeah. because it was a very heated conversation. At that point, I was on the opinion that uh, Waze was actually the way to go. But um, I, I have actually right. I um, remember uh, that. I have actually changed my opinion a little bit on that. Shocking. You've changed your opinion. Why is that? What's changed in the last 12 months, which has altered your opinion in regards to Waze versus Google? Um, it really came because Google is better at certain times when you're like in a smaller area, it doesn't have a direct direction. Waze sometimes doesn't have it, it's not as pinpoint exactly. So I used it a few times, and a few times the, my internet data wasn't working perfectly with Waze. I don't know. I just converted to Google and I just can't go back to Waze. It's uh, it's, just, it's sad. I'm, I, I have don't know. noticed, the truth is I have noticed that in certain very rural and less city areas, Waze will have more difficulties, which is funny if you think about it, they're being run by the same, you know, organization. Like we said last time, they're all both owned by Google. Right, but interesting how one, one's a little better in less populated areas, one's a little yeah. better in... Uh, it just, it just, it's just funny. I went from one liking Google, liking Waze, Waze, and now like I'm on the Google train. I don't know. I don't know what it's about. I don't about. know. I like Waze. I'm, I'm still a fan of Waze. I think sometimes it is interesting when you plug your phone into the car and it goes into Apple CarPlay or right. Google or Android Auto. So I've noticed that with Waze, it will keep your digital speed, which is convenient. Like when you just check to see, you know, where you're turning next, you also see where your speed is. By Google, it doesn't have it all the time. I mean, right. sometimes it does, sometimes That's it doesn't. True. And another thing I didn't know until That's recently true. was when you're using that digital speed, it's actually off by a couple miles. Really? I noticed that, yes, I was I was keeping an eye on it. And I looked between that and my dashboard where it had the actual speed of the car. And I believe on Waze, it was either two miles faster or two miles slower. But I know it wasn't exact. So I, I was always I was never sure which is which is the right speed, the one of the car. Or the one on the on the GPS. I was always I was never sure. I was wondering. Right. I think it's I think it's the one in the car. I think the one in the car is definitely better. Although definitely a digital one is a game changer. I cannot oh, stand the speedometer. The, the digital the speedometer. Yeah. It just shows like the way everything's changed. Like even just taking directions, you have to literally. I mean, me myself, I'm constantly checking to see what I'm doing. 15 years ago or even less, someone was told, "Okay, you're going to make 10 turns and this turn and that," and you just memorized it. Now it's like I got to see every two seconds. I have no idea where I am. People say which highway you took. I have no clue. I do not know. Not only that, which lane with Waze and Google you now have, which <laughs> lane to turn in. It's crazy. We're a little spoiled in this day and age. I know. By the way, one trick driving random thought, when you have to get gas to what, to know which side of the tank your gas is on, like to put it in. You never know if it's the right side or left side. I know nowadays everyone has electric cars, so no one puts gas anyways in their car. But for those of the, those who still put gas in their car, trick is, when you pull up to the gas station, if you look on your dashboard, by the gas, there's a little arrow right or left, and you could then know right. what side and of the car it is. Yeah, that points to which direction your uh, gas is on. 
what else? I mean, there's been a lot of stuff also with COVID kind of dying down and then coming back up a little with flying and stuff. There's been a lot of excitement with the masks on the planes. A lot of drama. I definitely had a share, fair share of drama on planes. It's always a... It's interesting, to see, it's interesting to see uh, certain, you know, stewardess on the flights who are more strict or certain steward or, you know, different attendants who are more strict, less strict. Some of them you see themselves don't even have the mask all the way on their nose. Some of them are offering masks. You don't have to wear a seatbelt anymore. They only care about your mask. You don't, I never have to wear yeah, a seatbelt basically. on the plane. Hey, it's a crazy you, world. You literally never get asked about your seatbelt. It used to be 20 times about your seatbelt. Now it's just all about your mask. They want to make sure you're wearing a mask properly to protect those around you, you know? Anyways, Avrami, let's just catch up on our lives a bit. It's been a, a good few months. So yeah, you, I mean, I, where were you this past year? You went to Yeshiva, so right? I was, I was finishing up my last year. Uh, and we spoke about this, I think it was in the first episode where I discussed where I was at the time. I was studying in New Haven, Connecticut, in Yeshiva there, finishing my last year of study there. And this coming year, in just about a, over a month, I'll be heading to New York, to Crown Heights, Brooklyn, the hub. And I'm going to be studying there for my final year of yeshiva study. And uh, that's uh, exciting stuff. Moving on, growing up. That is we'll exciting. see where it from there. Alitara is a fun year of yeshiva. It's that year in Carmen. Mendel, you had, a, you had a pretty big transition in your life over the I past, did, since our last I, episode. I did, since last episode. Last episode, I was still living in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. And about eight months ago, we actually moved to California. Cross Sunny country. City. Cross country to Northridge, California. We moved here to be Chabad rabbis, Rebetzins, Shluchem, as it's called here in California. Um, we moved cross country, packed up a moving truck. Well, a moving company did that. We just packed up all our stuff. And uh, we, we met it in California. Well, it met us like four, two weeks later. It was quite a few weeks before we figured it out. It's not simple moving cross country, you know? It takes time. And then... Yeah, now we live here for like eight months now. It's pretty cool. We came in about December time. I don't know if my math's right. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Something like that. Pretty close. It's a pretty big Almost. transition moving across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we moved here. We run a C-team events and programs as well as some other programs for the Chabad here. And yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting that we moved here. It's pretty cool. Well, one of the things interesting about the whole, like what Mendel just said, how him and his wife, they moved on what we call shlichus, that's Chabad emissaries of the Rebbe, spreading the juicy Judaism vibe and, you know, you know it. reaching all the Jews around the corner of the globe. One of the very, like, fundamental things we have, especially in Chabad and uh, Yiddishkeit and Judaism, is something called a Fabrengen. And a Fabrengen is really something which kind of, like, you'll have one, let's say, once a week, or you'll have it certain different days throughout the year on, like, different, you know, you know marking a certain event in Chabad history. Well, you have a fabrengen where you have a group of friends, you sit down together, you sing songs, you say a little lachaim, and it's kind of a way to strengthen your, kind of like recharging. If you ever so want to hear you, more about a fabrengen, you can listen to the song by Avi Raps called Fabreng All Night. You can check him out on Spotify. Fabreng All Night. Fabreng, but one of the really important things by Fabrengen is what we call Farbison, which is the snacks and things we have. And one of the must-haves is hard salami. Mm, now, now we're talking. Let me tell you, hard salami, if you have never tried it, in my opinion, it's better than beef jerky, and beef jerky is real solid, or even biltong. But hard salami has to be properly, it has to be ready. It has to be ready to go and, not, and you know, nosh on. I make my own hard salami, know that? Basically, the way to do it's simple. You just take a, those long logs of salami that come with a string, hang Wrapped it by the window. Plastic. 
you hang it, take out of the plastic, hang it for a couple of weeks. That's it, man. It's incredible. The thing is, everyone has different opinions about how hard it has to be or how bendy it That's has true. to be. Too hard is too hard. You got to have the right consistency of yeah, hard. It can't be too hard. And you'll notice, like, teeth. once you cut it, once you cut it the first time, like, that part that's, you know, exactly. kind of open to the not being covered anymore gets, like, real hard and, you know, uh, almost like, you know, like, mayonnaise congeals on top when it's oh, out of the fridge? Oh, man. <sighs> you don't want that part. Dude, hard salami. Have the, ne- have the next part of it. Hard salami is good, though. But, um, not just good. It's great. It's juicy. It's what I, it's, it's like, it's juicy, juicy. I mean, it's delicious. It's incredible. It's beyond, it's beyond words, man. It's beyond, it's good so stuff. Also, also, I've been spending yeah. my summer, it's been so crazy and we haven't had a chance to really do this. It's just because I've been spending my summer in Gagne, Israel, Parksville, a camp over here, an overnight camp in upstate New York as the night activity director. So it's been quite hectic, quite busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My summer. Wow. We're jumping straight to the summer, right? That was a quick year. Um, yeah, so the summer, actually, I was in New York for a little bit, and now I'm back in California. But yeah, so actually, I visited Remy one little little sneaky visit to camp, little in his, in his room. We schmoozed and caught up a bit. But let's share a little bit more night activity. First of all, what's, I know night activity directors have a name, so let's talk about why you chose the name Nacho. So Nacho, I chose the name Nacho, kind of like the food. I actually chose it because I was in Yeshiva a few years back in Chicago, and our cook, his name was Nacho. Yeah, I remember and him. And he was just an interesting, interesting, fun character. And a lot of the staff members here in camp went to Yeshiva with me there. So it's more like an inside joke between the staff members um, using the name Nacho. The funny thing is, it wasn't actually the original intention. The original intention was to call myself Amato, but it's another guy who worked there. He's a way more of an interesting character. However, we figured the name Nacho is a little easier off the tongue. Amato? Amado, yeah. That would have been harder to say. It also wouldn't fit as good on a t-shirt. It also wouldn't fit as a t-shirt. wouldn't work with the little pun that you came up with. Yes, nacho uh, average net activity director. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, listen, net activity is an interesting job. It's very different. Last year, I was a counselor in camp. And this year, night activity director, it's like a whole different ballgame, the way you're treated or like looked at by the kids. You're more of like this funky, fun guy who's always acting silly and making exciting exciting entertainment as opposed to a counselor. You're kind of like all those jobs at once. And it's interesting because when I do night activity and you know, you play different games or different activities, indoors, outdoors, like I noticed that certain ages all have different levels of what entertainment is exciting for them. So the youngest divisions here, you know, the third and fourth graders or even some of the fifth graders for them, it's just the fact that you're by night activity or just seeing the night activity director or singing the night activity song that itself is enough, and that itself is exciting. And I gave out probably over 100 autographs before the end of <laughs> first session, which was a couple of days ago. How much did they go for? How much they go for? I'll check them out on Amazon and eBay in a little bit. But, like, these kids were dying to get their yarmulkes or T-shirts or whatever signed. And then you go to the sixth graders who it's like, you know, he's just a regular staff member. However, he does add some excitement. So well, I, hear, I, hear, I hear Nacho's the guy. I hear Nacho's the man. Yeah, he's definitely popular, especially with our weekly videos. Your alter ego, or is he really you? Like, that's actually you walk- a great question. That's yeah. a good question. I'll tell you, I think it's a bit of both because you know me very well, and people who don't know me, I'm a very energetic, uh, you know, like my, my mother will say, very, I think the word is go lucky or whatever type of guy. Mm-hmm. I'm super like, I love jumping around, dancing, having a good time. So, to one extent, that's kind of the character that I 
portray as Nacho, but at the same time, there's a certain sense of when I'm acting in the videos or different things where I kind of act a little more silly than I would normally. But I think a very big part of it is actually who I am just being expressed in a more energetic, lively way than I'd normally be on a regular day-to-day basis. That's pretty awesome. I'll tell you one thing for real though. Oh, Bubby has gotten traction like never before. Exactly. I didn't mention that. That's so funny. Yes. Oh, Bubby. First of all, it's in our song. In the song yeah. I made it, you, you know. Yeah, give us a little glimpse of the song. Right I'm trying to remember the word. It's like, you know, and we'll laugh and we'll scream, oh, Bobby. It's part of the song that I've made for Net Activity. And even Theme just song. the chant when I'll be on stage, I'll be like, I say, oh, you say, Bobby. And these kids just take it in. I had a couple of kids actually ask me what happened to Zadie. Uh, but it's just funny. Hey, how by the way, Ed, that is a good question. Whatever happened to Zadie? Listen, it's a good question for another time. Yeah, but it's just today. funny how big it's became, how big it's become. I mean, oh, Bobby, literally kids walking by me. They just say, oh, Bobby, kids see me. I'm expecting a lot of oh, Bobby. To, we're going viral over here. Oh, Bubby, it's about, it's taking over the world. You think just Ghani saw Parksville, Ghani saw Parksville getting it? It's about to take over the whole world, oh, Bubby. Yes, it is definitely going to take over a lot more than what it was just a year ago. By the way, I still can't believe it's been so long since we got back together doing this. I mean, the people must be waiting to hear. So I'm glad, oh, I'm yeah. glad we're finally back. I'm glad we're finally back. Now the summer's chilling. Um, I know one thing I like to do, I know California can do it all the time. But it doesn't matter. It's still a very summer vibe to make a wicked barbecue. Um, it was a barbecue. I know I was, the country, way to go. I, I, know I was upstate making a bunch of barbecues. Before we get to good f- what foods I prefer on a barbecue, there's really two kinds of ways to do it. You have the gas and you have the charcoal. I'm not talking about smoking, and that's a whole different topic for a different time. But in the field of a barbecue, you really have a gas grill and a coal grill. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on which is better? I'll tell you, they both have their advantages and disadvantages. And I'll say coal grill, hands down, I think most people would agree, especially if you've ch- tasted both, will taste better. You make something on a coal grill. Flavor comes up better. Flavor, exactly. The flavor of the smoke and the coal will just give it a much better fl- flavor as opposed to the gas grill where it's, you know, doesn't get that flavor. But at the same that, time. It works for me. I'll tell you. At the same time, a gas grill is a lot more convenient. The coal, you got to get the coal. You got to light it. You got to wait for it to go burn a fan in a little, you know, and it's not like you can just adjust the flame whenever you want. Right. It's Plus, little, like, yeah, it takes much longer time to set up. A gas grill, it's, turn it's, on. More, it's more of an operation than just flipping on the electric. Five minutes later, a gas grill is boiling hot. You put on your steak, you know? Right. And then in coal itself, you have how lazy you want to go. Do you want to use easy light coal? Or easy you light use coal. coal and then spritz it with a little uh, lighter fluid. Sure. I don't know, because I've been using Easy Light Coal during the summer. I've been having a nice amount of barbecues here. And sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. It's definitely more convenient. You don't have to really? slap another thing. Worse. I just know, I've found just it's been hard for some reason to catch it to light. Even though it's officially Easy Light, it doesn't always light the best. And it goes out. And I don't know, I've just, I'd say if I have the lighter fluid, it's easier for me to just soak the coal with lighter fluid Last there in the past uh, few months before the summer, I had some barbecues when the weather got nice back in New Haven, and those were with regular coals and lighter fluid. And there, I had less of a struggle. I don't know, you know, I guess it's potato, potato, whichever one you prefer. Yeah. Um, listen, I I, don't know, I have a gas grill. I, charcoal grills to me, the biggest issue is also getting rid of the coal and you're done. Like you have to dump it somewhere. Like you can't just like leave it in the grill but forever. It's true. It's true, but I also noticed. That when you make a barbecue with a cold grill, there's a bit, I mean, me personally, I have a bigger satisfaction afterwards for putting in the work. 
Like I sit down after sweating and, you know, getting the grill up and running and letting it burn, making it and this and that. And then you sit down for that steak or whatever you put on the grill. It's more like saying here, it's more geschmack. It's actually a deep concept, by the way. The more effort you put into something, the better it tastes, the better it comes out. Yeah, it's like when someone makes... It's like if someone makes you a sandwich or if you make your own sandwich, you know? I believe it says in the Talmud that a person would rather one, you know, crop or share of, of his own work than over nine of a friend. If a friend gives you nine, you know, let's say bundles of wheat, you don't appreciate as much as that one bundle of wheat you put your sweat and work into. Avrami, you could always make my barbecues. I will not say no. I will not <laughs> say no. I won't say no. Listen, when it comes to food in the barbecue... Listen, to me, if you're doing, first of all, chicken wings is a must. Like, it's not even an option. 100%. 100%. Barbecue without chicken wings is like. They're easy and they're delicious. Yeah. Trick is cut them in half first. Cut them in half. That's an art, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Get it on the cartilage. Oh, yes. I've picked that up from watching my uh, father and my mother and older siblings work on it. And I know myself. Hello. I would say, watching my older siblings, I myself have. Which which one has the talent of this perfect slice? I just want to know. Listen, we're gonna keep that private. We don't wanna hurt yeah, any feelings. That's why I don't want it. I don't want any extra jobs. Anyways, you can season it how you like. I'm not gonna give you opinions how to season it, but it's important to cut it in half because having to break it in half afterwards just it just oh it's not the same. same. Although hmm. interesting thing is, what do you prefer? I myself, there's the two different bones of a chicken wing. You have like that little drumette. Yeah, I like the drumette bone. It's so funny. I personally like the double bone side. Why? It just, to me, I don't know why. It could be just the way that I convinced myself when I was younger, but there's something about it just, you know, I mean, I personally love chicken wings. I like chicken wings, I should say. I don't know why I enjoy taking that nice bit of meat of, you know, flesh of the chicken off of those double bones. Maybe it's juicier or whatever it is. To me, I enjoy no, it a little better. The drum mat is the first of the bigger piece of meat, more chicken. Second of all, just, just more there. Truth is, the ones that are on the, on the double, double bone get a little more cook flavor in a way. You just like slide it off. I don't know. I, I, like, yeah, I, I hear you, but good I'm, eating on the, I'm on the Jermet side. But yeah. And by meat, another thing by meat, when you grill meat, I don't know, what do you season your meat with? Well, you keep it simple with a little just oil, salt, pepper, or you could do a whole intense, you know, marinade. Right. So I personally, over the past little bit, I just become a big fan of literally just putting some salt on maybe a little oil and it just brings out the flavor of the meat on its own. I think putting the, the extra trick is though, note, to put it on the grill and the grill is boiling hot just for a couple minutes, like a minute or two on each side. And that's it. Just all right. Yeah. For a rib steak, you just want it nice and medium rare. Not yeah, anymore. If it's dry, like, you know, in Israel, they literally have burnt meat with ketchup. Like, hello. That's like, oh, disaster. oh. If someone's what? dipping their meat into a ketchup or mustard or into yeah. a barbecue sauce, they didn't do Not a good meat. job with that meat. Not meat. meat. Question is, which kind of meat? Which hot, dogs, hot dogs must get mustard. Not even a question. Oh, that's a whole other discussion. Which kind of mustard? Is it stone ground or the simple French classic? Ooh, French yellow mustard. Mm, a little bit of horseradish mayo. It's mustard. Some dill relish. I mean, come on. Now we're talking. Yeah, there's a lot right. of good stuff in mean, Right on steak, I could be for months. A lot of different uh, ways to make your barbecue. The point is also, whether you do coal or gas and, and make a make a blessing, enjoy and keep it juicy. That's important. Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Now we can get down to the real business what we've all come here to talk about, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Champion! Let's go. 
last night. What a game. What a game. Those Bucks knocking them out. Game, game six. six. Giannis hits six. 50 points. That guy's up there with, you know, Michael Jordan and I forgot the other guy's name to hit that many points. Akeem Abdogawan, whatever. Point yeah, is, name is, he incredible. is the Greek freak for a reason. Okay. The Bucks pulled off a sweep against the Heat. Then they had against the Nets seven games. Kevin Durant put up a fight. Then we had the Hawks. Then finally beating the Suns. Oh my gosh. It's really, really exciting for the city of Milwaukee. Listen, born and bred in Macron, Wisconsin, so it feels it feels good. It feels good. It definitely feels great. It's pretty cool to watch Giannis celebrating afterwards, obviously winning uh, NBA Finals MVP. Well-deserved. It was just cool to see him celebrating, the guy dancing around. It was, it was even cooler because, he, like he said himself, he literally was drafted by the Bucs. He could have left last year. He signed the Supermax. He could have left, but he stayed, and he's brought a championship to Milwaukee. He's not, he's not one of those people who go from team to super team to super team. He, he really believes in what he was, and he built a team, and, and he won. And I see, I also think something which separates himself from the other you know, NBA stars is the amount of effort he puts in, meaning he's a trucker. The guy yeah. doesn't get the credit he deserves. I mean, random thing, crazy amount of free throws he hits yesterday. You don't normally say you that. Saw it all the way. You should, I think he, uh, he was 17 for 19 or 16 for 19. I know. Another, the rest of the playoffs, he was like 30%. And here he's knocking and them down. to go crazy over that. But for Giannis, he struggled with his shot, especially his free throw shot since he's not giving up. But that was incredible yesterday. He also has some humility to him. Like he doesn't like make himself that he's the best. He like says straight up, like, yeah. you know, listen. He's an all around cool guy. Good player. It was exciting. It was very exciting to watch, but it was even more exciting because I went to game four. I flew to Milwaukee. I went to game four of the finals. OMG. Oh, Bubby is all I can say. Oh, freaking Bubby. Being at an NBA NBA finals game was so incredible. I went with a good friend of mine. We had a really fun time. It was such an experience, such an experience. And then to go back and watch them win game six, I couldn't go back, but I watched it online, you know, watched it on my computer. Oh my gosh. Incredible, incredible win. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah, it was definitely really cool. It was good for Milwaukee. There's been a little ups and downs, especially with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and the Brewers playing yeah. very well, actually. The, Bre- the Brewers are having a solid season there. They just Incredible lost the past game. It's but... cool for, the, for Milwaukee to finally get another champion championships. It was last fun. All, I don't know if you saw all the Brewers guys were at the game last night watching it. One of the Yelich suites. was there. The whole, the whole team was there. Guys. All the bunch of guys were there in one of the suites. Yelich was by the, on the court side. He was on court, court side. Right? He was by court side. In one of the suites, you had like 10 other players. It was pretty fun to see. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It's good for, for the city of Milwaukee. It's big. I mean, for any very, city, it's big. It is a big deal. It's a pretty exciting thing. Listen, sports is one of those things you just get in for some reason. I don't know. You just get so invested in it. But for, for the good and for better and for worse. <laughs> but sometimes you get you get really involved and engrossed and the losing and the winning, you know. It's well, better when they win. It's much better when they win. It's for better for this time. Yeah, it's a good thing they won. Good thing they won. It's definitely a better outcome than a loss. That's for sure. They were down 2-0. Oh two and boom four straight. I believe it was only only the fifth team I believe to come back from a O to, to be down two zero and then be a finals to come back to win it. It could be they wrong. On the stats, so don't quote me. They also did a four straight, which is pretty boss. They did a four straight. It was incredible. I was worried. I thought they lost that game, but then it was over because to win twice at the Suns, I wasn't sure if they could pull that off. Yeah, especially that the game that they did win, game five at the Suns. It wasn't like it was breeze. It was it was a Drew it was a, Holiday steal. Giannis's dunk, the alley oop. That was oh my wow. goodness, the alley oop at the end of the game. 
Yes. That was incredible. You guys got to watch those highlights if you haven't yet. Guys, check out the highlights of the Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks in six. Bucks in six. 100%. Let's finish up with some words of inspiration just to inspire the the masses. So That's always good. This Shabbos, the Saturday in the Jewish calendar, is the 15th day of the Hebrew month of Av. Which is also Mendel's birthday, for those who don't know. That is true. It is my birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. As it's my birthday, it's the specialist day of the year. Besides it being my birthday, there's actually a lot of interesting things in Jewish history that took place on this 15th day of the month of Av. I'm not going to go into all of them. There are things from the fact that the Jews in the desert stopped dying on the 15th day of the month of Av. You have the day of the breaking of the axe in the Holy Temple. You have the day when the Beit were buried the day when tribe of Benjamin was permitted to re-enter, all these different things that happened. We're not going to get into detail. I just want to share one little insight on the 15th month of Av. Maybe Avrami could join along with this. Every month, the moon gets bigger and smaller. If you, the beginning of the month, if you look at the Jewish month I'm talking about over here, not the secular month, the Jewish months, the Jewish months, the Jewish calendar follows the moon. So the Jewish calendar goes over the, off the moon and every month it starts off zero and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the 15th of the month and the month is, the moon is full. Then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller at the end of the month and the month is empty. Of course, it's just how we see it. So the reflection of the sun, the moon is always there, the same size as you could imagine. Imagine an astronaut goes to the moon on the second day of the Hebrew month, he won't find the moon. Of course the moon is there. You just can't see it to the human eye because the sun's reflection is not properly on it. So every single 15th of the month is very special because the moon is full. It's the height of the month. It's exciting. But it's even more so in the month of Av because the 9th of Av, which was just the other day, is a very sad day in the Jewish calendar. It's a day when the two, uh, the two holy temples, the Beit HaMikdash, were destroyed and burnt. Very sad day. So to come from a very sad time to a happy time, the 15th day of the month of Av, when the moon is full, joyous, completion, there's a much greater celebration than every other month. If you look at the Jewish calendar, most holidays of the big holidays fall on the 15th. Sukkot falls, starts on the 15th. Pesach starts on the 15th. These all start on the 15th day of the Hebrew month. But the month of Av is even more special because it comes after a sad time when the Jewish people were in the lowest points of the burning of the temple to the highest points of the fifth of the moon being full. Like Uniquely say, in Israel. What of Emmy? Yerida Litzorah Aliyah. Exactly. statement. Exactly. Just like a rubber band, to shoot a forward, you got to pull it back. When you go low, you're going to go higher. It's actually interesting. The 15th of Av has a lot of special things about it. One of it is that back in the olden days, the boys and girls used to go to the field and meet each other and make a lot of matches. Matchmaking happened that day. So for this reason, actually, in Israel, Valentine's Day, known as Yom Ahava, is actually on the 15th of Av. That's when they celebrate in Israel. They celebrate the amount of weddings. It's a very special day for weddings. It's, uh, it's, the, it's known as actually the happiest day of the year, believe it or not. Happier than any other day is this 15th day of the month of Av. Another interesting thing about the moon and the connection we have with it, as we said earlier, we go by the moon in regards to our calendar, is an interesting thing about the moon is every month it gets bigger and smaller, which is compared to the Jewish people that were constantly getting bigger and smaller in the sense that throughout history, there were periods where we were up on top and then there were periods where we were down below. There were a period point in history where we were like 18 million Jews in the world. And unfortunately, after the Holocaust, went all the way down to like 12 million Jews. 
But nevertheless, the beauty of the moon is no matter how small it gets at the end of the month, it always bounces back and becomes big again. So to the Jewish people, we may get very small, we may go through hard times, we always bounce back to the greatest of heights. Another interesting thing that I've recently seen. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, everyone have an awesome summer. We're still debating exactly how often we will be doing our podcast. Is it going to be bi-weekly, monthly, uh, hopefully, weekly? Hopefully, it'll be a little more often than once a year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're back, though. We're definitely back. And I uh, want everyone to have a rest of an enjoyable summer. Like we always say, oh, oh Bobby. Bobby. We'll see you next time, guys. We'll see you guys. Talk to you later. Have fun. Stay safe. And happy birthday to me. All right. Happy birthday. Thank you.